Welcome to For What It's Worth podcast. I'm your host, David Oglesby, along with my co-host, Bronson Stewart, from the heart of Franklin, Texas. Each week, we talk about topics ranging from sports to politics to pop culture, but our ultimate goal is to weave the truth of Jesus into everything we do. Thanks for joining us today. If you like what you hear, please share it, subscribe, and mention it to a friend. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of For What It's Worth. Welcome back to the podcast draft special, man. We are fired up because we got a legend in a room. Normally you got two uh, slappies in here pretending like we know everything. This Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, their love child in the room with us, my brother-in-law. Now this podcast is going to have one less listener because we took a listener and we put him on a podcast, (laughs) but we're excited. Adam Beck to help us break down our draft special. Adam played Texas high school quarterback, played quarterback at Houston Baptist, watches more college football than any human being. This is the only guy I know who records spring games to watch them later. And so he's here to help us break down all. If you don't know anything about the NFL draft, we're going to get you educated so you can talk about it. And if you love the NFL draft, then you probably aren't listening to us. You're listening to somebody who knows what they're talking about. But it's going to be a great one. Adam, we're so glad to have you on the podcast. Hey, you know, well, first off, let me just start by saying I'm not a legend at all. I'm a washed up old left-handed quarterback, played for a little while. It was a lot of fun, but excited to be here, humble for the opportunity. I do want to say, though, something your listeners might not know is I'm the first guest on the podcast who's not on Bronson's payroll. So y'all get Facts. your popcorn ready. It's going to be a fun one. Facts. This is a, Knockdown, drag this is a podcast of washed ups. We went to Mississippi this weekend. I did a wedding there, and I took the girls by Louisiana Tech. Took them by the stadium. There's a ton of renovations going on. The campus doesn't look anything like when I was there. They have a big tarp that looks like players are running down the tunnel. And what they did was they they took off the names of the players who would have been there, and they put their legendary players. So Willie Rofe, uh, Moats, all, all these is. And and my daughter said, "Where's the one that says Stewart?" <laughs> yeah. Not there. Uh, so, yeah, we're good. Hey, we're so glad you're here. We're going to break down the draft today, but we, we want to start something we've covered a lot. I know something you and I have had a lot of conversations of, but the Deshaun Watson situation, it's worth covering because it affects the draft. I think the Deshaun Absolutely. Watson situation affects teams that maybe would have traded for Deshaun are now going to go for a quarterback. Uh, the Texans are now left with a situation not having draft capital as a result of not being able to trade him. The, the most recent thing that has come out, Deshaun Watson's Legal team had a strategy. It was uh, call the women liars and make them name themselves, thinking that would cause them to go away. Uh, 22 of the 23 named themselves. And this thing does not look good for Deshaun or his team. Our advice has been, hey, settle these things. We have agreed Deshaun doesn't play this year. What, What are your thoughts on just that whole situation? Well, I think that it's it's not likely Deshaun is going to end up playing this year just due to the precedent that's been set by the NFL with the personal conduct policy um, with Zeke Elliott and Ben Roethlisberger being suspended uh, for things that were much less egregious than what Deshaun's being accused of. Uh, I think that ultimately now you have faces to all these names and you see that these are real women who have been hurt and have gone through a lot and i think deshaun's in a real bad situation i think his legal team uh is is going through some trouble right now and ultimately uh i just don't see how he plays this season right yeah no i i think we all agree on that you know deshaun uh, much of what put him in the situation was that 
He, he didn't want to own up to it from the beginning. He hasn't seemed to own up to it now. It is a bold strategy. Uh, you are accused of sexually assaulting these women. So your legal team brought forward 20 women that you didn't assault. Okay, that's it's a bold okay. strategy. That would be like being accused of robbing a bank and calling the bank manager of the bank down the street and say, well, he didn't rob this bank, okay? Right. Uh, it's, a, it's a messy situation. Was it consensual? Sure, probably, likely at the time. But he's also a powerful person. And I hate it. Uh, you like Deshaun. You're big a big fan. fan. Big fan. Sign pictures of him. You're a hu- you've been a Deshaun fan. I have not been a Deshaun fan. My daughter, your niece, loves Deshaun Watson also, has an action figure of him on her backpack. So it's a hard situation to be in, but it, it's a reminder to us that uh, these guys that we are drafting, and we're going to cover this a little bit later in the show, but this is all part of the package that goes in. When they do their homework on these guys, they are looking at the raw, tangible pieces, and they're also looking at the things that come with it. And sometimes that goes into uh, to, to what it goes. So as we jump in, just, just real quick, we had a segment uh, last week. Uh, an athlete you'd least like to be punched by? Is there an athlete you'd least like to be punched by out there? You know, when I think about this, it's got to be someone like a Shaquille O'Neal, honestly. Right. Just like a, what Kara huge, said. Oh, did she say that? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I, I second that. Yes. That, just seven feet, 350 pounds. Right. Um, another one that came to mind was, uh, obviously, if you're going in that boxing MMA style, Conor McGregor right. packs a punch. Uh, wouldn't be a fan of that. Uh, but ultimately... Um, any pro athlete that's out there uh, is going to be most likely bigger and stronger than I am. And so I just like to avoid the situation if that's I That's right. So the real question, millions or thousands to get punched? I would say in the six-figure range. You're in the six, I, six I, I, I was there too. Kara, no, you weren't. You were in the millions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least the millions. I mean, we're t- Kara was willing to start at $10,000. I mean, for... for <laughs> that's, uh, that's a joke. It's, no, it's got to be way more than that. But the, but the biggest thing, uh, could David beat up a cougar? I mean, come on. Life no. on the line. No. Life on the line. This is oh. the man who comes out in Pokemon t-shirts. This no, is, stop there's, it. There's no Pokemon way. t-shirts? I've never worn a Pokemon yes, t-shirt there, in my you're life. You're on video. You're I on think video. We a, have oh evidence. In a Pokemon First Franklin okay. Facebook page. Everyone. So we're jumping in here to, uh, to these quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are the talk of the draft. And the question I just want to start with, and, and we'll, we'll just all jump in, but quarterbacks are the talk of the draft. Should they be? I mean, is this a quarterback class worth talking about? Uh, is this a quarterback class we're going to remember for a long time? Or is this just a lot of teams need quarterbacks and there happen to be a lot of them available? Well, I think it's kind of a mixed bag. So the NFL is really a quarterback-driven league today. Uh, quarterbacks are the face of the franchise. These are billion-dollar franchises. Uh, social media and just being like influencers with brands, that's, that's all a huge part of it, right? And ultimately, I think what you're seeing is without a great quarterback at the helm, it's really hard to reach the Super Bowl in today's day and age. I'm glad so, you. I'm glad you said that. Listen to this: only three number one overall quarterbacks have even won a Super Bowl: Peyton, Eli, and your boy Aikman. So, I mean, it's a pressing, pressing need to find a guy. Do, do you think there there is that guy out there? I'm not asking you to pick one right now, but does this class contain? those guys that you're talking about franchises need or is it just happened to be we're in a day and age of spread offense and there's always going to be a lot of quarterbacks out there 
Well, I think that this year's quarterback class is extremely talented. I think that the development of young quarterbacks and the spread offense and private quarterback coaches and just seven on seven from high school moving up on into college all contributes to these quarterbacks being more prepared than ever to play in the NFL, contribute early, and not just sit on the bench for a year or two like you saw right. a number of years ago. Uh, but ultimately, I just think that you know with – with the quarterbacks in this class, it, it's very hard to project, and it really comes down to how these teams surround these guys and give them the ability to succeed with the coaching staff and the talent around them. So two big questions out the, out the box to get your word on. How many quarterbacks go in the first round? I think there's a guaranteed five, okay. and then you could see a surprise sixth. Five but, to six. Mm-hmm. Okay, that would, be, that would be incredible. And it leads us to... David's team, number one overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Saxonville. It should be Stinksonville. Well, it's not anymore. Okay. Uh, but why, how old David is a Jacksonville fan? We'll never know. Okay. But as a lifelong Buccaneers fan, I'm excited <laughs> to see the Jags struggling and have the number one overall pick. They're going to pick Trevor Lawrence. It's an, David, what, not a surprise. what do you think? Are like, you okay with this pick? How do you I, feel about this pick? At first, I was, I was struggling because – Really, at first, I wasn't sold on Urban Meyer. Like, I didn't want Urban Meyer to be our head coach. But – You play for the Jags? Do what? You play for the Jags? Your well, head coach? Okay. I, I mean, I checking. support who the did, team. Who did okay. you want to be I the support, coach? Yeah, who, who were you wanting? I, anybody but Urban. Okay. I just wasn't anybody, anybody but Urban. But David very Gully. quickly <laughs> No. <laughs> but very quickly – have him. Very quickly, I realized that I liked what Urban brought to the table. Like, he is creating a culture, um, and – I like the staff that he's put together. And so I think Trevor coming in, which I don't even know why we would talk about the first overall pick. We know it's going to be Trevor. Well, I'm just saying, and do you – because here's what you're going to get. Urban's going to give thing. you the greatest five years you've ever seen. Then right. they're going to haul him off an ambulance. Okay? He's going to go back to Fox. And then three more years after that, he'll revive someone else. Yes, so are will. you good with the next five years and then – that's it. Well, I mean, that's all he's got in the next five years, we can do something. Okay. Hey, what I want to know though, so he is number one. He's, he's number one. He's unquestioned. They're gonna they'll sign everything before it even happens. But I want I'm curious to know, Adam, is he your number one? We know the Jags are gonna take him, but as you've looked at all these guys and broken them down, is it clear to you it's Lawrence? He it's right, it's been him since he was in high school. Right. No, I mean, so coming it, out, he's the number one guy. He goes to Clemson, immediately plays as a freshman, wins a national championship, and he's pegged from that game on number one, number one. overall pick in two years. And right? is that where he is when you break it down, or is it closer than people tend to think? What are, you, what, what are your thoughts there? I think overall it is closer than people would like you to think, but I do have Trevor number one overall. He's He's the kind of quarterback, you know, he's labeled can't miss. They say, you know, he's drawn up in a lab kind of guy. I mean, he's 6'6", 210. He's got a cannon of an arm, but he's really underrated for his mobility and athleticism. Mm. Uh, he, Throughout his college career, he's he's really made everyone around him better. Uh, he's taken some average receivers like a Cornell Powell this year, goes for over 1,000 yards. He's going to end up probably getting drafted in the first three or four rounds. Uh, when going into the year, he hadn't contributed at all at Clemson, and he's a fifth-year senior. Also, you look at his career, I mean, his production on, the, on a high level against the best competition. He played his best games against Alabama in the National Championship game, full of NFL draft picks. Uh, in the college football playoff the following year, gets back to the championship against LSU. He's not the reason that they lose 
in the college football playoff the last two years. No he doubt. makes everyone around him better. And another characteristic that I really like about him is his leadership. The fact that he led the rally for college football to come back through the COVID pandemic mm. in 2020 can't be understated because as a face of a franchise, you're going to have a lot of pressure. You're going to be asked tough questions, and he handles it well. Yeah, he did. And what I, what it kind of leads me to that question when you're looking at Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. These guys are going to go 1-2. Uh, just quickly, what do you like about – you've been – I will say, you've been high on Zach Wilson – maybe like second week of the college season. I mean, you sent a text. Yeah. We're all in a group tag. You sent a deal like, hey, this kid from BYU is a real deal. Not on, I, I'm not sold on him. Uh, the whole Maybe it's the whole headband. You know, maybe – I just don't know. He's I'm got not, the swagger to Just him, not a big sure. fan. And the, Jet, the Jets can never draft a quarterback. No matter who they pick, the poor guy. But he's going to – just real quick, what, what do you like there? I think when you look at Zach Wilson, he's one of those like twitchy athletes. He's very athletic. He's got a very live arm. You know, he draws the natural comparisons, throwing the ball on the run, moving around in the pocket to like an Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he's on that level right now, but you see kind of a little bit of that in him. Uh, really, this past season, he kind of had a Joe Burrow-like rise, kind of came out of nowhere mm. for a lot of people. Now, he did start his freshman and sophomore year in college and played well, did, did very well for BYU, but this year his development went through the, through the roof. Uh, I think that he's got a high ceiling, but this is really a quarterback that needs good organizational structure to succeed. And the Jets have not been that for the last 15 years. I mean, they continually do not surround their quarterback or their coaching staff with players to uh, build around them and build the team the right way. Um, I would say the Jets are like the opposite of like a Dolphins team who literally is doing everything they can to surround Tua with uh, players and playmakers and just a, an organization that believes in him uh, no matter where you fall on how he played after his hip injury and all that stuff. Uh, the other thing was Zach Wilson, his level of competition was lower, uh, but it, it, he constantly looked like the best player on the field. So yeah, he and, separated and, himself. and to that point, he's going to the Jets, James Morgan and Mike White. Those are the only two quarterbacks on the roster. Sam Darnold now in Carolina. Right. Someone's in the draft is going to bust. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But it mm -hmm. does seem like, man, it's not an ideal situation. He's going to have to play. He's going to have to play right away. He's He's got to play in a division that that features some teams that are going to be really good. Panth or, uh, Patriots are going to be back. Dolphins, we, we, we know what they're going to bring to the table. So it, it's going to be – And a, the Bills. And, and the Bills Lovely. won the division last year. So that's going to be a tough situation to go into, and uh, and, I, and I hate that for him. I'm, I'm curious, um, David, in your mind, what's the hype behind Trevor Lawrence? Is it too much hype? Or do you think the hype for your Jags, this is the guy that can turn around? The last time you guys were here, you picked your boy Blake Bortles. I Well, like you said, it, I'm not a part of the Jags organization. Were, I don't get to you pick. Were, you were two years old when they picked Blake Bortles. But. Um, but there was an excitement when they picked Blake Bortles. And not that Blake was terrible. He wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. But when it comes to Trevor, Jags fans are already bought in, right? They... They send the dude wedding gifts and, I mean, a buttload of money. Um, and so, like, they're they're bought in. Like, they want this guy to, to be what everyone's hyped him up to be. And I just think people like him because of his swagger, um, because of his – he's a winner. I mean, you see what he did at Clemson. We just talked about it, right? Yeah, but, Big arm, mobility, but your boy, all these things. Blake Bortles was 24 and 49. You said he wasn't that bad. 
was, he was I mean, below replacement level. 24 for not good. Yeah. He's not good. He, that's 33% of his wins. I guess when I say okay. not that bad, he, <laughs> well, g- gave me some hope. Not gave that bad. At yeah. least he was alive. Right. So, okay. I, I would say that to answer the question about can he live up to the hype, I think Trevor's been surrounded with hype his entire career up to this point. He's been a leader on and off the field. He's a guy that uh, people rally around him. So is there is there not enough hype? Should there be more? I mean, should people be should no, people I be think, more excited that Trevor Lawrence? I mean, I feel like this is the quietest. Like I I I think back when Mario Williams went to the Texans and he signed before it ever went down. You know, I mean, when you've had some when Peyton was undisputed number one, Andrew Luck, and I mean, there was like wall to wall coverage. Why is why is there not that for Trevor? Just because it's been understood he's going to be the number one overall pick for for so long, and really the intrigue, the draft, the draft really doesn't start until the third pick this year. No just doubt. because those two picks are kind of locked in, and so we know what we're going to get. There's no excitement there. It doesn't doesn't do a lot to just keep on talking about it. I think that Trevor's success or failure is going to come down to what Urban Meyer surrounds him with. I think that he's going to handle the pressure well. I think that he has the mental makeup for it, and he has all the physical traits. But once again, what are the Jags going to do to put people around him to succeed? Okay, so let's get that because I'd be curious about your thoughts here. Uh, you like the Urban Meyer situation now. now you yes. are on the fence now. We know. We joke about it. But we know, for those of you who haven't been following, uh, Urban Meyer takes Florida to a national championship, nearly dies, <laughs> leaves. Jeez. Miraculously comes back, takes Ohio State to the national championship, nearly dies, leaves. So you have this Urban Meyer who says, ball is life. He's willing to die on the sideline. Trevor Lawrence comes out and says, well, I have a life outside of football. We know he's a strong believer. His faith is important. His, he does so many great projects. He says, I love to hang out with my family. I've got hobbies. Like Football's not my whole world. My identity is not found there very similar lingo to Tim Tebow, what Tim Tebow would say. And now he is getting railed on for this. Do you see anything in that marriage of ball is life and life outside of ball? How, how do you see those two guys coexisting? Well, I think, well, first off, I like his honesty. Like I like a player who football is not everything to him, but he loves it desperate. Like he loves football and he made that, he made that know he came out after that and tweeted about it. You know, and and told people like, hey, don't question, don't question my love for the game. Like, right. don't question the work that I put in. And and you see the work he puts in, and it's displayed. It was displayed for three seasons on a Saturday. You know, and and so I just think I just think people are looking at that a little too much. I think people are digging, trying to find a story because, like you said, there's just not a lot going on when it surrounds Trevor Lawrence. Like, there's just not a lot of stories out there, and so I think it's people digging. And trying to find a story and trying to bring something to light that is just not there. Yeah, you you, you agree? Our, our brother, brother-in-law, Gatlin, Urban Meyer, he's president of the Urban Meyer fan club, right? <laughs> he's a fan. I mean, he's he a is, fan. Right now, he's try, he is trying to buy a Jaguars shirt on eBay somewhere, right? <laughs> okay, with a he pair might bring of, it out on draft. Yeah, here. matching hideous shoes, no doubt. Is he right? I mean, is Urban a guy there, or is or is that not going to be a good match? Man. I mean, is Urban isn't Urban kind of the anti Debo Sweeney? I don't know. He's not full anti Debo Sweeney, but they they're pretty different personalities, I think, in how they approach life in the game. They are different, but Urban's ability to recruit and build programs wherever he's gone shows that he is a guy who can corral a, a team around him and kind of uh, just. 
bring it all together. I think that his personality, he's going to get along great with Trevor Lawrence. I don't think that's going to be the issue. The issue is the NFL is just a completely different ballgame from college football. Urban's never done an NFL. Look at Nick Saban. I mm-hmm. think at this point, he's the undisputed greatest college football coach of all time. And he fell on his face in Miami and right. he could get it done. And it's just, it's not that he's a bad coach. It's just that the NFL is a completely different ball game. And so I think it's, it's not, a, is Trevor Lawrence, are Trevor Lawrence and Urban going to get along? The question is, can Urban build an NFL franchise like he did great college football programs? Right. No doubt. And, um, I'm just curious, uh, David, Jags win how many games? Don't say 16. No. Uh, I you got to understand, that they were the worst team by far in the NFL I, last year. You gotta, I think, if I'm being honest. Please. Eight wins. <laughs> eight wins? That's <laughs> even being honest. No, come on. Okay, man. so well, no, we're going to put it down. Eight Mir- wins. Miracles, Kevin. Okay. I can't eight, wait till the next eight. draft special right, when and we come back and, and they what, have the third pick what, next what, year. What, <laughs> <laughs> right, what do you got here, Adam? Wins for the Jags. It's going to take them time. I mean, if if they get – I see them like four, maybe five. Yeah, um, okay. You know, they have a weak schedule because they were last in that division last year. So, right. you know, with they're going to get a lot of uh, draft capital this year and they're going to get some good athletes in there. You know, it, it's hard to see them winning more than five. Except that two against the Titans, they're going to be really good. Two right. against the Colts, going to be really good. Remains to be seen what the Texans are going to do with that roster makeover. But the Texans were better than them last year. Texans aren't in awful shape regardless of what the mm-hmm. hype is. That's six of your 16 right there. Right. Against. So you're one in five, two yeah, and four that's, at best that's maybe? A, that's, a tough, mean, that's a tough situation. I got them at four. And so it geez, remains It remains four. to be seen. I, th- I would think four would be. I'm uh, more with the, I could be more with the six. But I mean like. <laughs> Okay, we've so already we've already, talk, we've already talked we, you down to two wins. No, I'm sticking with my wins. eight. We wrote it down. One fourth of your wins. You just gave up like that. You're the best. <laughs> crumble cookie. Okay, eight. okay. Here we go. <laughs> I'll enjoy I'll that take crumble that cookie. Bet all day. No doubt. Uh, the the uh, the for what it's worth podcast is not condone betting. But <laughs> as we continue to break down the draft, we we are uh, reminded we're thankful for Ed's Auto. If your car's starting to break down, spit, sputter, whatever it may be, take it to Ed's. He won't fix it, but he'll charge you like he did. We're super grateful for the sponsorship of Ed's Auto. Be sure to go visit them again. Might not find it. Yeah, if you can find them, oil change is on. If you can find Ed's Auto, uh, 877-4223. Tell them the David and Bronson for What's Worth podcast sent you free oil change. Ed's Auto, we won't fix it, but we'll charge you like we did. And so we begin to break down pick three here, Adam. We all agree, right? We're in unison. The draft hinges on pick three like no draft we can remember. Absolutely. I mean, we're all super young. Some of us 12. But we're all – so maybe there's been other drafts. But in our lifetime, the pick hinges on three, which right now today belongs to the San Francisco 49ers, who have a quarterback named Jimmy Garoppolo. Some could say – I mean, they've been in the Super Bowl. They've been close with him. What in your mind – we'll start with you. We'll go around the table. Who goes at three? What do you, what, what do you say, Adam? Who goes third? So – it's it's not the pick that I would choose, but I you don't trade up to the third overall pick without knowing who you're taking. It's not one of those scenarios where you trade three first round picks and you say, "Ah, oh, we'll just take whatever's left over." You you know a specific guy you're going for, and I think it's Mac Jones for the 49ers. I think that uh, Kyle Shanahan has identified Mac Jones. He uh, has talked with Nick Saban. 
Mac Jones, great production at Alabama. Uh, worked hard, worked his way up the depth chart, waited his turn behind Jalen Hurts and Tua. Uh, he's been coached by the best, uh, undefeated national champion last year, and uh, I think that's who they're going to go with. Yeah, what what do you? I'd I'm be, in agreement. So we, oh, we yeah. chatted a little bit before the podcast. Full disclosure, like myself, David and I, lifelong Alabama fans. Yes. Roll Tide. Um, but for, I mean, when you look at what's surrounding Mac Jones, people question. They're like, well, he was surrounded by talent. But there's many people out there who are like, well, Devontae Smith is too small. Jalen Waddle's not a real wide receiver. Najee Harris, he's got no speed. That offensive lineman... You know, they're underrated. And so, all these things, you know, if that is the case, then what Mac Jones did, if people actually believe what they're saying about all those other people, if Mac Jones did what he did with that, then I I think three is a place for him. But, I mean, like, you look at what he did, single-season passing yards, you know, 4,500 passing yards, right? Single-season completion. Like, he broke these records. I think the argument, though, though. isn't if is Mac Jones talented and is he good. The question is, is he worth the third overall pick in the draft? You traded from 12 all the way to three when – I haven't heard of another team that was going to take him that high. I yeah, mean, he, again. Which we did say, we did say, like, well, they had 12. They had so the 12th pick. He would have been there at 12, up. no doubt. Okay, but I think what we forget, every year on the every year on draft day, it doesn't matter. With the exception of the first overall pick, every single team that picks, they make their pick, and a GM comes on TV and he says, we just got the steal of the draft. In all of our mock drafts, we never saw this individual falling into our laps, whoever it may be. Mm-hmm. And and if you're listening to talk radio or whatever, like no one had that player going third overall, but the teams fall in love with these guys. I think not to not to derail, but we are living in a society of groupthink, and nowhere is groupthink more prevalent. We've been around it than college football into scouts. Coach falls in love with the guy. Go to go to your if you're out there, go to your local high school football game. And you'll be told group think, hey, that boy right there, he's the best kid to ever come through X school. The, the, everybody just begins to think the same way. So they fall in love with a guy. What's been really interesting, again, we don't condone betting, but the betting odds went Mac Jones back to fields and now have pushed minus 250 to Mac Jones. I mean, so far and away that it's going to be Mac Jones. It's just really hard to see anything going any which way, I, I think it's interesting. You talked about the the talent gap. Mac Jones had the best players, but but was his talent gap in the SEC? I mean, Auburn's got dudes too. Florida got dudes. Georgia got dude. A and M got dude. I I kind of feel like Trey Lance played with a greater talent gap when we just look at the conference level. I mean, the guys that they get there are while they're not SEC guys. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? They're better than the rest of the guys in their conference, right. than Alabama's guys were, than the rest of the guys in the SEC. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alabama doesn't draft. They don't get the top 25 best players in the country. I mean, so they're playing teams with dudes. And so Mac Jones sat behind some dudes that he wasn't better than. So this idea that the talent gap, I, I think you're right. Mac Jones can make the make the throws. What I wonder is, is Shanahan, I mean, I think Shanahan's are frustrated I remember when they were in Houston. They're kind of arrogant people. They they think that that system, whatever they call it, the that little play action system, they think it's gold. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's more important than the quarterback. And they think that Mac Jones is like a, a plug and play into That's that. Right. That he he ran it well at Alabama, ran it to perfection, and he's going to come to San Francisco and maybe sit behind Jimmy G if they decide not to trade him for a little while, get right. him ready, and then that he'll 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 be the guy who can get them over the hump that Jimmy G couldn't. I also think it's important to note though that NFL uh, personnel they're worse than the government. They're wor- they're the biggest liars in the world. It will sh- it would shock me none for it to come out and Justin Fields go three. Yeah, I, it, you know, it, I, it would there, be that thought has gone through my head a lot about how there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. They're with the professional draft. liars. Yes, it, and so I, I I could see that happening. In fact, I've seen a couple projections. You know, people saying, "What are we going to come back on Friday morning and be shocked by?" And people projecting, you know, I think Justin Fields still goes three and. That's what I would like to see. I it's not that Justin Fields and Mac Jones there's a huge gap between them. It's really comes down to a, a little bit of a preference and I think there's a little bit of data to back it up. But, you know, I I do think Mac Jones has the traits to be successful in the NFL. I just think that no one had him going third overall. And no. so it's just like why would you trade and give up so much capital to go get a guy that would have probably been there not I mean, it didn't have to be three. Go to seven or eight, you know, right. and, and get a guy like Matt and, Jones. And you've got supply and demand. Maybe it's a situation where nobody wants three, uh, and so you're beginning to make it feel like, hey, uh, here's who we're going to take. You, you never know. It, it's all There's always lies. Everyone lies. And the, the good news is, is that the truth will come out Thursday night, and we'll be excited to see it. So we're going to pencil in that idea that quarterbacks go one through three. I just thought it's interesting here because we we think about the certainty of that. You're going back number one quarterbacks overall. Tim Couch, number one quarterback overall, 99. I think we can agree. Bust. Michael Vick is the number one quarterback overall. David Carr, yikers. Carson Palmer, Eli Manning, Alex Smith, eh? Jamarcus Russell, bust. Stafford, Sam Bradford, bust. Cam still playing. Andrew Luck already retired. Jameis Winston, uh, he just wants free lobster. Twenty-eight and forty-two as a quarterback. Jared Goff now traded. Baker, we say TBD. Right. Kyler TBD. Joe Burrow, and so that brings us then to the next pick. You've got the number one overall quarterback taken last year, Joe Burrow, and uh, you 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 have the Bengals sitting five not feeling like they need to make a move? Are they safe sitting? What do you see the Falcons doing? Or should the Bengals be a little more concerned there? What do the Falcons then do at four, uh, knowing that a team like the Bengals, who I think are all in, having just drafted a number one overall quarterback, are sitting right behind them? So I think if you're the Falcons, it really comes down to, as an organization, do you think that Matt Ryan has a few more good years left in him? Or do you think that you need to start preparing for the future and go get your franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. Yeah, and, uh, and just to update, they've restructured Matt Ryan's deal. He's got years. They saved money. I think all signs indicate Arthur Smith is the coach. Arthur Smith's been the OC at the Titans. Done a great job taking Ryan Tannehill, making him look fantastic. So I think we would agree the Falcons are in on Matt Ryan. And so what do you think that leads them to do? So it, I think that there's going to be a lot of teams trying to get to four. Yeah. I think that with two really good quarterbacks still on the board, I, I really would not be surprised to see the Falcons trade back uh, to a team who wants to go get Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Uh, 
if they decide not to trade, I, I think that they're going to take Kyle Pitts. He's kind of considered the number one prospect in this draft. He's a unicorn, a future Hall of Famer, just a special athlete. He's 6'6", 245, runs a 4'4", He can legitimately line up as your outside wide receiver inside in the slot or as a tight end H-back. Uh, he, he didn't drop a pass all last season playing in the SEC. Uh you know, he's a special athlete for sure. No so doubt. I think that that's who they would go with if they stick there. Uh, but I think that it's going to end up getting traded. Okay, David, what do you think? There? Yeah, I'm with that. I think they trade. And I think they trade with Carolina. I think Carolina sends them their, their ninth, ninth overall and their, their first pick in the second round. They swap picks, and I think they draft Justin Fields. Hmm. Well, uh, let me throw this way. is Quarterbacks... Quarterbacks are a dime a dozen uh, in this draft, especially. That would be four quarterbacks in a row. Tight ends are one in a hundred. I mean, Kyle Pitts is a, he's not, there's going to be quarterbacks come out next year. At the end of the day, there's going to be quarterbacks go in second, third, fourth round who are way more successful than some of these guys that go first round. I mean, that, that's just facts. But when it comes to what Kyle Pitts does, to your point, Adam, I mean, he is a unicorn. He is a once in a generation talent every uh like mel kuyper todd mcshay all of them say your parents he's the he's the best (laughs) (laughs) he's the best tight end that they've ever scouted right i mean and in today's nfl tight end is one of the most valuable positions i mean you look at what travis kelsey does for the chiefs uh you look at uh hunter henry and these other athletes it's changed the game because we've always known you as a quarterback know this the most dangerous part of the field is the middle it's the biggest risk, but the biggest reward. Right. And you have quarterbacks too afraid to throw over the middle. Wide receivers don't want to get hit. And and what has happened is this freak athlete who is like built like a lineman and runs like a running back who runs down the middle of the field in these coverages and it's wide open. Right. And it is single-handedly how teams are winning in the NFL. It's really how the Chiefs have become so dominant. They have owned the middle of the field with Kelsey and Tyreek Hill going, taking the top off, and Kelsey working in the middle. I think it's why Pat Mahomes is so successful. Absolutely. Is the middle of the field. You talk about surrounding with weapons. I mean, Pat Mahomes has been put into a perfect situation to, right. to become a franchise quarterback for the next decade. I, I just think the Falcons would want more than just to slide back and then get a second round pick in order to risk passing on Kyle Pitts. Right. I don't hate the idea of a trade here, but I think it it um I think I, it, it it poses three, a threat. For, for three first round picks though, I think that you're gonna I think a team is gonna be willing to give a lot. Yeah. I think and, and 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 it just depends. Do they value it is would they rather have Kyle Pitts or would they rather have three first round picks and or or something of, of that kind of same amount and we're gonna we're gonna file the panthers away because let's leave them slotted where they are at eight and let's come back nine at nine let's come back and and talk about them in a second so we're gonna say pits or a trade there at four and the bingles who man i just feel like the bingles had it rolling with andy dalton i mean i i think sometimes we we sleep on what andy dalton had been able to do the bingles are in a situation where hey things are going really good and 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 um and and things are starting to unfold and now all of a sudden they're kind of in major rebuild mode they get joe burrow they have no ability to to protect him and it ends with a 
disastrous injury. Now we have to believe the reports that he's coming back. Well, you know, there's there's no there's no reason not to believe that. So what do the Bengals then do here? Sit in five. They don't need quarterback. They definitely are in on Joe Burrow. So what do what do you see the Bengals doing? Adam, we'll start with you. So I I think priority number one has to be protecting Joe Burrow, especially coming off of an injury like he had this past year. Uh, I see them taking like a Pene Sewell from Oregon left tackle. Um, or uh, Rashawn Slater's another left tackle who, depending on what team it is, some teams have him rated higher than Sewell. But I think Sewell, he, run, he won the award for the number one lineman in the country in 2019. I think he's the guy. He's very athletic. Um, he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school as well. I, I think that's who they're going to go with. Um, there's been kind of people saying, oh, reunite Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow, his receiver from LSU. But you know, that would be a flashy pick, but I think that you've got to think not just, you know, the next couple years, but 10 years down the road, what's the pick that you're going to get the best return on investment? And your number one investment is that quarterback, Joe Burrow. Yeah. And so I think you have to follow that up with getting him some protection. Absolutely. And I, I'll second that. I, I think that's that's a safe bet. I think if I think if they don't Do you go, just have a copy of my mock draft notes? I mean, <laughs> well, I mean like, you saw my mock draft before, and so... Uh, I don't. Want, I, don't I don't know what y'all showed each other. While it's, I was a, coffee. it's already there. But if they don't go O line, and if it happens how I think it's going to happen, and um, Atlanta trades back and Kyle Pitts doesn't go, then I think that could be an option for them to get a weapon in Kyle Pitts. They could reunite Jamar Chase. Well, I think that's that's why you run the risk if the Falcons think, hey, Pitts is going to be there. I think there's other teams that value Pitts and to trade back. Does it cause the, the Bengals to do something? We talk about this all the time. It makes sense to draft a lineman, but teams repeatedly in the draft fall in love with something and they don't do what makes sense. I mean, you, you fall in time love with saying, time. hey, this freak athlete. So we're all in on Panay Sewell. Now there's a trade. Now Kyle Pitts is there. Oh, like, oh let's, uh, let's draft him. Uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow were together at LSU. They were unstoppable at LSU. Jamar Chase is expected to go right after Sewell, somewhere in here. And so it wouldn't surprise me if the Bengals fall in love with the sexy pick. But what I'm going to say is I'm going to say whatever the chatter is, the opposite happens. And so if it's if it's going to be trade crazy, I foresee a situation where the draft unfolds exactly like we think. If there's a ton of rumor about trading at four, then I think the Falcons stay at four and pick pits. If the tra- if the rumors swirl, oh they're trading out, then I, I think or, or that they're taking pits, then I see them trading out. You know, I, I think this is that smoke and mirrors game to try to say, can we leverage something right here? They're, they're trying to get as much capital as they can. Yeah, and Panay Sewell, there's been a few Eric Fisher, 2013, lineman taken number one overall, but that doesn't happen often. And to take an O-lineman number uh, five in the first round of the, of the NFL draft, it seems like an awfully big reach. However, statistics show one of the biggest positional jumps between first-round talent and second-round talent is when it comes to linemen. There's only first a round linemen premium. are first round linemen. Yes. And it's unlike any other position. We have quarterbacks that rise and fall, wide receivers, things like that. And so I, th- I think it's funny that we would have this conversation. He is a premium O lineman. He would start right away. If you believe in Burrow, then the quarterback's more important than the guy catching the ball. You got to protect him. Otherwise, it doesn't matter who he, who he can throw to. 
And so if we believe that premium, it then is interesting that the very next pick would be the Dolphins that are thinking the complete opposite. They are thinking weapons for Tua. Uh, We did not think Tua might even be on the Dolphins roster come the draft. It looked like all the tea leaves had Deshaun going to Miami and Tua coming to Houston. And instead, Tua's there and Miami's on the clock. And what do you see the Dolphins doing? Do they take Jamar Chase right there? So... The reason that I think the Dolphins are going to go with a weapon for Tua is because they they took multiple O-linemen in the draft last year. So they have some young O-linemen who clearly they believe are going to continue developing. They're it, they have another pick later in the first round that they could add another interior O-lineman with if they chose to. Um, I, I think it's going to be uh, Jamar Chase for them. I think okay. that they add another weapon with Chase, uh, get him with Will Fuller who takes the top off. Uh, they have a good tight end in, in Gasecki, but if the Falcons do trade out of four and Pitts is there, they're gonna take Pitts, yeah. no question. I agree. Uh, if Pitts is there, they're gonna take him. It, but if Pitts is gone, it, then they're yes. gonna be really happy with Jamar Chase. It's all hindering on this fourth pick. It really is because if Atlanta trades out, it it's just going. It's gonna be a mix. Like we like there's there's no there's no way we know. But we know that if they do trade out, I agree. If Kyle Pitts is there and there is a trade, now it doesn't show it in my mock draft, but you got to take Kyle Pitts. And I think it's the same thing with Miami. Like, yeah, Jamar Chase, you could bring Jamar Chase and you could bring a Devontae Smith and a Jalen Waddle. But when you got a unicorn standing in front of you, you got to take them. Yeah, so is the gap between Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, how big's the gap between those three? I mean, are we talking one A, B, and C? It's hard for me because, I mean, like, Jamar Chase, great wide receiver. What he did with Joe Burrow in 2019 um, will be remembered for years and years to come. Um, but it's hard to just tell where he's at now. I mean, he just took a year off from football. Sure, he trained and he worked hard throughout the whole year. But then you just look at what Devontae Smith did, right? And you look at what Jalen Waddle brought to the table at Alabama. Like, I feel like the gap is not big. I feel like people want to see a gap. Sure, Jamar Chase looks the part, right? Big bodied, got the speed, and the other two look the opposite. I think that the reason they would go, if it, if it's me drafting, I'm taking Chase over Devontae Smith if I'm the Dolphins specifically because Will Fuller, he's already that skinny, fast, kind of he has mm. that look at wide receiver. And so I think Chase gives you a little bit, he looks like a running back at receiver, right? So he gives you a little bit more muscle, a little bit more size. Go, he, he's willing to go over the middle more than like a Will Fuller. And so I think he complements what you have on the roster a little bit better than Devontae Smith. I do think they're 1A, 1B. I sure. think it, it really comes down to coaching staff and which organization you're talking about. Um, Devontae Smith is certainly just as talented as, as Jamar Chase. Uh, I th- I think that they're one A one B, and I think there's a little separation in Waddles underneath them. Waddle reminds me of a, a Tyreek Hill, uh, the way that he can do kick returns, punt returns. Yeah. Um, I mean, just a dynamic athlete. And I mean, you see what Tyreek Hill does uh, with the Chiefs. Uh, so Waddle is a, a I think going to be a fantastic player in the NFL. But um, I think that outside receiver Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase are just slightly above him. Will Fuller. 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, never played 16 games. Most games he's ever played in a season, 14 games. So the that's in 2016. Then 10, 7, 11, and 11. He, but he so, got suspended this past year. That's he correct. was healthy. He, he was, was healthy. playing healthy. But the idea that 
Fuller can take the top off his grade in theory. So you pass on Devontae. But we saw in college football, every team knew the ball was going to Devontae Smith. And they still couldn't stop him. He's a special player. He's a special player. I want to read you this list. I'm just curious. I'm going to read you list number one. Uh, and I want you to tell me list number one, list number two, which which list would you rather have? It's a list of wide receivers. List number one is Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Corey Davis, Brandon Cooks, Hollywood Brown, and Odell. Okay. List number two is Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Debo Samuel, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Jarvis Landry. You, you can you can go first. Which list are you taking? I'm taking the second list. Okay. I already know where you're coming from. Yeah. Those weren't first round picks. That's right. I get so it. So the first the first list is first round draft picks over the last eight years, the most productive over the last five years. It's probably a position where I think what to to circle back to the point about Kyle Pitts is that we now live in a culture of a spread offense. I mean, talk about spreading faster than COVID. The spread offense is everywhere. And it's contagious. And you're going to all, I just feel like you go watch, I go watch these high school kids play. You're watching high school kids make catches that five years ago would have been unheard of. And these spectacular catches are just routine because they've been catching a ball since they were 10. Right. They've been on a seven on seven team, throwing the rock since they were 12 years old. Middle school through high school, every team, Texas loaded with them. Texas is going to produce more, more. They're going to continue to produce more quarterbacks at 1.50% of the NFL quarterbacks, Texas high school quarterback. Why? Because it's everywhere here. And it's starting to reach the other states. It's starting to reach the other schools. And so you're going to have guys. We were talking about this, the, um, the Anderson kid, uh, Nick, Nick Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, kid out of Katy, wide receiver at Katy High School. His brother, Rodney Anderson, played for OU, into the NFL. He's got another brother, played at Ole Miss. And he's a highly sought-after wide receiver. He wants to go to the Pac-12 because every team out there throws the ball. And – you can really go anywhere and find a system that throws the ball. I mean, and so you're going to find right. I mean, so you're going to find guys that can catch the ball anywhere. Absolutely. To me to reach here. So if the Dolphins go Jamar Chase, I don't love that pick for them because they've done such a good job stockpiling and so I don't understand how they traded out then they traded back up and I, and I just kind of feel like it's like they feel like they need to do something to surround Tua. But the best thing that could happen would be Kyle Pitts to fall. But, I, yeah, I don't know. Don't that. be surprised. I mean, if it like if the Falcons stay at four and take Pitts, that six right there with the Dolphins is a great opportunity for another team to come up and, and grab a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance. Yeah, also. so what about the Lions? Are they trading out? I mean, they're the Lions then come right after the Dolphins, another I, wide I receiver think, team. I think you know, the Lions are the perfect trade back opportunity because they Jared Goff, they just you know, they just got him. I think that they're gonna ride with him as their quarterback. They have a lot of holes. They have a lot of needs. Capital would be huge for them. It's the perfect fit for someone to come up. A quarterback slid down a little bit um, into that seventh slot. I see. I see someone. If the you know, if we see if the Falcons, Bengals, Dolphins all stay, I think someone's going to try to at least entice the Lions into trading that pick. So do the Panthers? The Panthers are at eight. Do the Panthers get Justin Fields? Does he? Does Does Justin no. Fields fall to eight? I don't think Justin Fields falls to eight. I think I, I think someone's going to come to seven. If If I were, they're going to uh, have to, in. right? Yeah, I I think someone's going to come. Someone. Justin Fields, people forget. I mean, this guy... It, he special. Was, he's special. He is. He was the number one recruit over Trevor Lawrence coming out of high school. Is, Trevor Lawrence was too. Is Fields' ceiling higher than anyone else in the draft? 
I think that I I think he can honestly do the most. Um, I ceiling, yes. I don't think obviously he hasn't. He's not there yet, yet, right? Yes, but I think his ceiling absolutely. If you're you're rolling the dice, he's a guy that could be a league MVP. So, what do the Panthers do then if it's not Fields? But so far in our mock draft, Fields would still be there. What What do the Panthers take? What do you see the Panthers doing? Well, I said they traded out. Okay. And so, in my mock draft, you have Atlanta right there. And so, I think if it, if that trade happens, Atlanta's there. So, you're going to have Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, and Justin Fields on the same roster. Well, I mean... Okay, well, it begs the but question. But I just don't think anyone is sold They'd on have him. to trade Teddy Bridgewater. Well, it begs the question, though. Matt Rule's a college coach. Colleges do this all the time. I mean, look at Alabama. How many... They signed the number one overall quarterback, then a top overall quarterback... Then they signed Ty Simpson, the number one overall quarterback. Meanwhile, they've got four-star kid, Bear Bryant's great-grandson. Like, he's a top ESPN top 300. Like, because they know quarterbacks project out so hard. I mean, the bust rate, we were talking about this before we came on. The Over the last 25 years, the all-pro rate among quarterbacks is only 5.3%. The bust rate that comes among quarterbacks over the last 25 years by, by position is... 40%. And so it's like every other quarterback is fantastic. And you're just trying to guess. You think about the Paytons and the Ryan Leafs. I mean, that's kind of how this thing plays out time and time again. And so, so it would it be a questionable strategy. I mean, was that what, first off, we don't know. Does Matt Rule have does Matt Rule have roster control or I, I don't know. Anybody? Uh I'm not sure. I you know, I do think that he it I seems mean, like something you would want. Calder, sure, yeah. you would I, want Justin Fields, but does it make, to your point, does it make sense? I don't think it makes sense. I, you know, if if Matt Rule's sticking with that eighth pick, I think it's a great spot. Uh, I really see, you know, Matt Rule knows how to build. You look at what he did at Baylor mm. and what he did at Temple. He knows how to build things the right way. Uh, last year, they had a real defensive focus in the draft. I think this year, I really see them drafting someone to equip Sam Darnold to be more successful than where than the Jets did in New York. I I really see like a Rashawn Slater, like a left tackle or uh, maybe some kind of weapon for like an offensive uh, receiver or something like that, maybe uh Jalen Waddle or something like that. Um I I just see Matt Rule trying to uh he sees where the Jets aired with Sam Darnold and not giving him uh people around him to, to make him more successful and so I think that he's going to try to do something to to make Sam Darnold uh you know, reach his potential. So you think he's sold on Sam Darnold? Do you think he wants Sam I mean, Darnold to I, be the guy? I, I think he's, he's only sold. 23 years old. He's 23. He's he's on a rookie contract for the next two years. I I think he's going to give him a shot. And if and if he's not successful with him, they'll be picking high again. Yeah. So I, I think that they're going to give him something to uh, a piece around. So him. we think not the we think the Panthers are not picking at eight. Somebody's trading in. Justin Fields is already gone, but. Justin, well, that's just what I think. That's that, no, no, I mean that's collectively what we're assembling. Okay, and I think it 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 is it is probably likely to play out because it then comes to nine and the Broncos in a really interesting situation because that would leave Trey Lance on the board for a team that needs a quarterback unless they're going to keep rolling with Drew Locke. What happens there? And I no way I don't think at this point the Broncos are looking to trade back and let someone else. The Broncos need a quarterback. They're, they're, since John Elway, here's who the quarterbacks have drafted. The, the Broncos have drafted, since John Elway, Jay Cutler, 
74 and 79. Most of his wins with the Bears. Timmy Tebow. Tim only started 14 games. I think Tebow mania, but he had a winning record. <laughs> Shout out to Gatlin. Uh, <laughs> Paxton Lynch. Whoo, that, that one in three. And Brock Osweiler, who the Texans paid a fortune to lose every game he started. So if it's not for Peyton Manning coming in, have the Broncos run off John Elway already as, as president of football? I mean, right? Peyton, That's, Peyton definitely uh, probably saved his job. It was a nice Band-Aid. No doubt. Four years Peyton's there. Gets him a Super Bowl. So what do they do? Are they riding this Drew Locke yeah. experiment? If a quarterback falls to nine, they're gonna. I think they take a quarterback. Um, I don't think that they're gonna make a move and trade a lot of draft capital to move up and to take a quarterback. But everything that I've kind of been seeing uh, from analysts and stuff is saying, you know, they're gonna stay put. If if a quarterback falls, then they're gonna they're gonna think they hit the lottery. And, the, and so in this mock draft scenario, I think they take Trey Lance. Yeah. Um, a ton of potential, a ton of upside. A very high ceiling. He's also a very raw athlete. Um, also, a quick fact, of the first round FCS quarterbacks that have been drafted, none of them have ever truly busted. So you go back, you look at Joe Flacco, you look at Carson Wentz. Now, obviously, he had a bad year and got traded this past year. But, I mean, he was a league MVP candidate for the first couple of years there. Um, FCS quarterbacks, when they're, when they're mocked this high, typically they, they, they do pan out. Uh, I think Trey Lance takes care of the football. He didn't throw any interceptions in 2019. He's a true dual threat. Ran for like 1,400 yards. Yeah, but he doesn't throw. In the national championship game, he only threw the ball 11 times. Ran 30 times. Right, and that's so why I say because he did what it took to win that game, right? He's very raw. Well, I think, I think that goes back, to though, develop. to the gap in talent, though, maybe. Right. I mean, he is definitely better than who he's playing against. Definitely. Mac Jones, not a superior athlete to the people he's playing against. And so begs a question there, and it will definitely be interesting to see Carson Wentz 35 and 32, so um, just over a 500 win percentage, and and it will certainly be interesting to see well, what the Broncos do there. I want to ask this question, and I want to ask you. So, what is your view on on uh, what's that quarterback from Florida? Don't forget Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask. What's your view on Kyle Trask? Could so, he I, could he be a possibility at nine for Denver? No. He's not going to go in the first round. I, I, everything that I'm seeing on, on Trask is, you know, a second or third round. Okay. Um, I, I think that he'll probably go, like, middle to end of second round if I, were, if I were to guess. I think Kyle Trask has a lot of tools and intangibles. He's, got, he's your prototypical huge pocket-passing NFL quarterback. He's a guy that, um, you know, kind of reminds me of uh, a guy who's underrated, uh, like a Dak Prescott, fell to the fourth round and then, you know, got his shot and he's, he's – you know, done really well in the NFL. I think Kyle Trask needs to be in the right organization, needs needs to uh, be given time to develop. He had time to develop at Florida, and I think that was huge for him. Um, so I like Kyle Trask. I think okay. he does have some good tools. Franchise quarterback, I don't know if I'm going to say that well, right Well, there's now, a but. probability that Trask goes uh, second, third, fourth round, and that ends up a better quarterback than half of these first-round guys we're talking about. Definitely. I mean, statistics De- I would totally show that. that, hey, if he goes spend somewhere for three years, that has been his track record. People don't know this. Never started a game in high school. Uh, he he played on a, a uh, uh, the same high school, Manville High School in Houston, with De'Ara King, and De'Ara King's really good. And so he never got to play, gets discovered at a quarterback camp, goes to Florida, never gets to play, and just – 
by by the roll of the dice, he ends up coming and he has a magical year. There's a point where nobody can stop Florida. I mean, they're literally scoring every possession. Now the defense can stop anybody, but there's a point where they are scoring on every single possession. And and that's another thing, you know, their offense, Dan Mullen is the head coach there, and he's the, the coach who was the head coach in Mississippi State when Dak Prescott was there. Dan Mullen knows how to develop quarterbacks. Yes, he he does. developed Tim Tebow, got I mean, Tebow became a first round pick. Uh, I think Dan Mullen uh, has done a really good job developing Kyle Trask. And so for Trask to be successful in the NFL, it's going to be, again, what kind of coaching staff do you put around him? Got you. So you said said for sure five quarterbacks go in the first round. You said six would be surprising. Mm -hmm. So who would be that six? Geico, surprising. Not a sponsor of the show. (laughs) I think the sixth quarterback – Everything that I'm seeing, it's it's gonna it would be shocking, but it would be Davis Mills from Stanford. Yeah. So Davis Mills was a either four, I think it was a four star quarterback coming out of high school, very highly rated, one of the top pocket passers coming out. Goes to Stanford, kind of a little bit of an up and down career, but this past year, Pac-12 was being weird about COVID, didn't play for a while, then right. they came back late. He played really well. Um, I think that he's a guy. He's, he's had some injuries. He had correct. missed some time. Then COVID causes him to miss time. But what right. what his people say is he's a quarterback's not fated to throw over the middle absolutely he's very accurate so I, I think you're right I mean, I mean that's a team that when you're looking at a team that what the patriots have done so well comes in at 28 to 32 and uh and and, and pick something I mean, the hey patriots let's could trade back but let's and- lean right here who's got the 32nd pick the tampa bay buccaneers i mean tom brady's they can't that there has to be a plan they brought back every starter so you know what are you what are you looking? Well, you got to be looking to try to do something for the future. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's, that's a, a maybe that's a potential lean. The the, the Buccaneers have their picks in order. Nothing. Uh, they have all the picks in every round. They're picking last. They do have a comp pick from a coordinator leaving, but it it maybe that's a spot. Maybe that's how a, a sixth guy sneaks back in to the first round. I, I think it's um. I think it's interesting. Not sponsored by Geico, but Ed's Auto is. They won't fix it, but they'll charge you like it does. And we're so grateful for we can just continue this breakdown. And we come to the greatest moment for Adam Beck here in the day because now with the 10th pick in the NFL draft, America's team, Mr. Jerry Jones's babies, the Dallas Cowboys, my favorite team, your favorite team. We've been Cowboy fans Not for my forever. Favorite team. No, I've actually been a Cowboys fan my whole life. Grew up in Dallas. Um, and it's been painful. It's been a painful experience. I was a Cowboys uh, fan for the till Dak got hurt. Hadn't been one before, but then. But, but you're it, an Andy Dalton guy. You liked Andy Dalton. Big was fired up that he was there. Yeah. So what do the Cowboys do? Because I feel like with the Cowboys pick at ten, there's a pick that makes sense. And then there's what might Jerry Jones do? What, so what? <laughs> you never know with Jerry. I mean, he likes to make a splash. Uh, he he likes to do things that uh, you know the talk of the draft make a make a move. That everybody's like just oud and odd by and is talking about the next day. But I just think you know they brought in Dan Quinn for as their defensive coordinator. Their defense was statistically one of the fifth top five worst defenses in NFL history last year. You've got to sure that up. I think that. They're going to go with a guy like Patrick Sertan, cornerback yeah. from Alabama. I think that there's talk, him, J.C. Horn, who's cornerback one and two. I think Sertan, he's got the NFL pedigree. They both have NFL pedigree, but Sertan's a little bit bigger, played at Alabama, 
Also, you got Trayvon Diggs on the other side, who they drafted last year from Alabama. So you're putting two Alabama DBs together, have a little bit of camaraderie. No, DBs from Alabama perform great in the NFL. Right. I mean, this, this isn't a reach. This isn't a Nick Saban no, coaches DBs. You feel good about feel taking good about, him at right, 10. That's right. a, I feel like it's a safe pick. I feel like it's a— You may not have heard Patrick Sertan's name. You probably know more about his dad. But he's legit. Absolutely, and so I, as a Cowboys fan, if they if they take a guy like him, I feel good about it. I don't uh, I don't think that there's any need to move. You know, some people were saying trade up and try to go get like a Pitts or something. I'm like, no, it's going to cost way too much. Stay at ten, see who falls to you. A lot of quarterbacks are going to go before you. You're going to have your pick of some very capable and um, highly regarded athletes at ten, and so I think. Uh, getting someone to help them on the defensive side of the ball. They have a lot of weapons on offense already. Yeah, for um, sure. So, yeah. What about you? Yeah, so if I mean, you're a Cowboys fan, then my mock draft is your friend. Because in my mock draft, there is a trade, and Kyle Pitts falls. <laughs> How okay. many trades do you have? Is it? <laughs> no, I only have one trade, and because of that David one trade. David has 32 and a half trades in the first one, 10 picks. One trade, Kyle Pitts falls to 10 to the Cowboys, and <laughs> – like we've been saying, if Kyle Pitts is there, you take him. Hey, there's for, no forget way Pitts Jaguars wins. Let's add another. Let's add another. Hey, forget Crumble Cookie. If Pitts falls to ten, okay, I'll come. I'll come clean your towels. I'll come throw your towels in the yeah. washing machine for you. <laughs> oh, God, okay? worry about that. On top of the, on top of the Crumble Cookie. On top of the Crumble Cookie. Kyle Pitts falls to ten. There is no way he. He's he's the number one player like prospect in this draft. He's a, there's, there's no a, way he's there's a be million good teams that would gobble him up. Okay, but let's. First off, so because this is my, I'm in charge. Uh, I have veto <laughs> power. Thinks. I have full veto power over crazy picks. So Kyle Pitts not available at ten in in the in the real world. If he's if he's so not available at have? ten, then I, then I've had Patrick Sertan there. Okay, so let's just throw this out there. Could could it could offense go one through ten? Is it possible all offensive players go one through ten? scenario where Sertan doesn't go 10 and we see I don't I just can't see the Cowboys not taking a defensive player it seems like Jerry Jones in his older years has gotten a little more conservative right sure I mean the Cowboys every year they get said last year CeeDee Lamb fell into their lap it was just a very unique situation yes and you got Jerry on the yacht and he's just like chilling on a white leather couch and um he 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 doesn't do anything crazy. And I think people want him to so badly because he's certainly built that reputation. But of late, Jerry Jones's draft picks have been very predictable. Cowboys are good at right. picking in the yes. first round. They, I mean, they've done really well. Very It's like Gatlin picking U of H to win it all, my wife picking Baylor, David Homer in for the state of Florida. Is that predictable, right? That, very. That that's what's going to happen. And so I, I think the Cowboys do – make a safe pick here. Patrick Sertan does sound good and I and I think but, that's what the first round I think it's I think it's got the opportunity to be the the most exciting, most fun first 10 picks. Although I'm a little hesitant because you tend to always be wrong and you Adam called the NCAA tournament the most boring tournament you'd ever seen and then early early and, early I retracted that very And then all fast. that happened was, was an 11 tournament. seed made the final four. It was a great tournament. Uh, and so you're very excited about the draft, which leads me just to know our bad luck is probably going to be 10 first 10 picks, all go chalk. There are no trades. There's no chaos. <laughs> if there's, there's no, no trades, surprises. then we know David's mock draft the is mine is just shot. <laughs> it's, it's but bad. that's the thing. It's, it's a mock draft. It's it is, a total it is, guess. And we will mock it. 
It's yes, that's, totally uh, an <laughs> opinion, and if, we know that if, my opinions if, are not right. that great. For what it's worth. Yes. For what it's worth. Podcast <laughs> shout out. So uh, we're kind of winding down here. Not a lot. I just wonder: is there a big? Is there one big draft surprise uh, out there for you? You know, I think one of the teams we didn't break down that that uh, one of our seven listeners follow are the Houston Texans. You know, I really, you know, it looked like a point where the Texans were going to get a, a plethora of picks, and then they've got nothing. David or uh, Nick Casario has made some amazing moves. The the Texans had no draft capital. Now they do. Uh, they. Had they've changed, he's completely transformed the roster. Like thirty of the fifty-two are going to be new guys next year. I mean, mm-hmm. it is not at all going to be the same team. They have Tyrod Taylor, who has been an excellent starting quarterback in the NFL, and just kind of wonder: is there a is there a move out there that you could see some team moving that would kind of surprise you? A team you're eyeballing that says, "Man, that's a team that's on the cusp," and they may say, "Hey, we're going all in on this draft because this is a spot for us to do it." Anything like that jump out to you? I think. The one surprise or you know fun thing that we could see happen Thursday night is something that people have wanted to see for a long time. The Patriots go make a big move. Mm-hmm. So they have Cam Newton coming back, but do they, if Justin Fields is falling, Trey Lance is falling, do they move from like a 15 to that you know 7, 8, 9 range to go get a quarterback? It, it wouldn't cost them an exponential amount. It's something that could be doable, uh, something that Belichick maybe could swallow. You know, normally he's the king of trading back, always has 10, 11, 12 picks in the draft. Um, but the Patriots making a move up instead of back. Oh, my that gosh. Would, that would be fun. We're never going to hear the end of this. Gallon's going to wear us out. Uh, uh, okay, so that, you know, I, I think what's interesting is is w- there's just been so much chatter and so much talk. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I wonder, we're going to close out with these just kind of rapid fire questions. Let's say five quarterbacks go in the first round. How many have bust potential? Well, I mean, bust potential, all of them do because they're probably all going to pretty bad franchises. But statistically, you're going to have, I think you said 40%, 40%. right? So you got five, that means two. Two wow. are going to bust, right? So that would, gotta, be, that would be two of the top eight picks in right. a draft I, I mean it is believable though quarterbacks it happens what uh, about you david bust how many five go how many bust from what i'm looking at i would say people wouldn't be shocked if mac jones is a bust yeah not a not a shock there uh, i would say people expect justin fields to be a bust and so uh and then you got Zach Wilson going to the Jets. Not a great organization. Yeah, could possibly be a bust. So you got Man. three How wild real that potential busts right there. Five quarterbacks in the top eight and half bust. We'll see. It, 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 it remains to be seen. What rookie quarterback comes away this year with the most wins? Assuming, let's just assume they're all starting. They're all playing. Okay, who come, all who are come, starting. Let's assuming just say, who, most wins is going to be whoever goes to the 49ers. So I would say Mac Jones. The 49ers are, I mean, they're, they're, a, a year, they're two years removed from a Super Bowl. How wild, I know. I mean, and, and a, a Super Bowl that they probably win if Garoppolo just hits open receivers? I mean, they, they should have won that Super Bowl. He, that one throw in the fourth quarter, two minutes left. I mean, twice, he overshoots Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel it's Sanders, right there. Right That's there. the game. Yep. So, what I do you say? You, you Mac Jones also? Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with that logic. There, <laughs> I mean, you can. It's hard to argue with that logic. Of course, I want to say Trevor Lawrence, but I'm going to refrain from saying that. I, I'll just agree with Mac Jones. Don't act like I'm a real expert. Well, there's a, uh, there's a lot out there. You know, I, th- I think it's uh, something I often bring up is, 
it's one of those situations where it's a gamble and, and you're trying to find in some places you're trying to reach and in some places you're trying to find the best value and statistics show safest place to go is O-lineman. They say that, you know, what, what's amazing is that just a couple of years we'd have been talking about running backs at the top of the draft. And now, you know, we don't even see running backs go in the first round anymore. And so safest position to draft, well, it's not wide receiver and there's probably going to be some of those go. It's statistically safety or O-lineman. We had two of those going. So just kind of wonder, is there, is there a closing thought you'd have on a draft, something you're excited about? Uh, some, you know, where, where, what are you looking to do, uh, David, if you, were, if you were in this draft, you're running the Jacksonville Jaguars, what are you looking to do? Just a closing thought on the draft you can't wait to see. Well, I, I'm excited. So obviously the first overall pick is a no doubt. Jacksonville is drafting Trevor Lawrence. And I think the draft really starts for Jacksonville at pick 25. And so I'm just excited to see what they do there. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers like a Christian Barmore falls that far for us to pick him up. Um, they might go safety. Um, who knows what they do there, but we have a lot of needs on the defensive side of the ball. We have a, we have a lot of needs on the offensive line. And so uh, that's what I'm looking forward to the most is pick 25. I want to see what they do there. I want to see mm. if that pick – I think that's the pick that's going to define – our season right I, I think that pick is going to bring a lot of value to the team and so let's just hope they're smart with it good luck stay, so when, stay when safe went, this year when y'all win three games this year go back and look at your 25th pick and that, <laughs> well, that's like, it dang. that's well, see, it i mean it, you know the teams that have quick turnarounds then there needs that needs to be a great pick uh something uh something you're looking forward to besides uh trying to work out where you can watch the uh watch the draft with your favorite brother-in-law but is there something else that you're trying to keep an eye on well, you know, I'm just looking forward to the as a former quarterback. Just you know, obviously a lot of hype and intrigue with five quarterbacks that are projected to go pretty high in the draft. I'm really, honestly, the fun part of the draft is it's fun to project and guess and, and play this game of like if you were the GM or coach, who are you taking? Um, you know, I, I I like to root for chaos in times like this. I want to see a lot of trades. I want to see you know some shocking picks uh, with COVID and the scouting combine being canceled and all this stuff, you know, all that group thing isn't established this right. year. So a lot of these scouts haven't been able to talk and intermingle at these, you know, pro days and uh, private workouts and stuff like that, like they normally do. So I think that you're going to see a lot of picks that just kind of, you scratch your head, you're like, wait, who is this? Or why, why are they taking that person so high? And it's because no one really knows what everybody else is thinking. That's so, right. Well, you, you know, if you saw that, uh, piece on uh, from Nick Saban. Nick Saban had that piece. It, it kind of went viral, and and he was talking about how the NFL comes up with these guys. And he and he he said it's you where you fall in the draft lands on two words and and but. Are you an and or but player? And he, he says you know you take a cornerback. He's got great footwork, great ball skills, tackles well, can play man, can play coverage, and he's a great student in the classroom. And he graduated. Is he was a leader and and he's a great overall kid. And then you got the exact same breakdown of a player, great player, great ball skills, but he has a domestic violence in his background and and um, he he failed a drug test. And the you know Nick Saban says and a strength coach wouldn't put him out if he was on fire. He uses a different word, uh, but it's a it's it's such a powerful thing. And and I just was thinking as we have spent an hour here breaking down these guys and and, and assigning value and. And I think about how our life centers that way. And, you know, when it comes to our relationship with Christ, it's a lot of and, you know, that that and we messed up and we lied and we stole. And, you know, 
that Christ looks at our at our breakdown, and it's a it's a whole bunch of ands. And you know, we, we were prideful in that situation, but there's a a big but. It's but God. Genesis fifty verse twenty tells us that what you meant for evil, but God meant it for good. And I just think I hope that's an encouragement to someone out there who thought they were tuning into a draft special and maybe they just need to be reminded they got a life full of ands and this mistake and that mistake and that mistake but God he intervened at just the right time and I hope that that comes as a great encouragement for you today I hope you will watch the draft it will be a ton of fun we'll all be watching and we'll recap it next week and anything else that's going on we're grateful for Adam driving up and making the journey if you enjoyed what you heard we'd love for you to like it share it we'd love for you to uh, be sure to go visit Ed's Auto remember he won't fix it right but he'll charge you like it did and if you can find Ed's Auto and uh, tell him the For What It's Worth podcast sent you that old change will be on us we hope you've had a great time with the podcast today remember it's been our opinion it's been what we think and what Adam thinks. And we hope it's been of some value to you today for what it's worth.